How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, December 18th. We have got week 15 picks against the spread with my good friend Teddy Pristash. Uh, we both had oh, not great weeks, you know, not awful though. I went seven and eight. Teddy went six and nine. Um, so we're still, you know, floating above. I've been having a good season at 97, 81, and two. We're trying to get Ted. We'll get him above 500 by the end of this season with three weeks to go. Um, not much else to say other than a, um, a fun Thursday night football matchup between the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, Marcus Mariota stepping in for the injured Derek Carr and, and looked really good, really impressive. The Chargers defense definitely isn't that talented outside of a few pieces that are still healthy in the front seven. Um, and then Justin Herbert, he's the real deal. I told you all. You know, the difference between him and Burrow wasn't as big as people were making it out to be. And I know people had him below, uh, you know, below Tua by a lot, too. And look, Tua's been doing great in Miami, but Justin Herbert is the more talented quarterback. So just a really fun game, and Herbert looked amazing. Um, and they eventually were able to pull out the win, thank, uh, thank God they did. You know, if they had lost that one because of uh, Money Badger missing a couple of field goals, that would have been a heartbreaker uh, and what's been a really disappointing season. Um, but let's pass it on over to Ted. I'll, I'll talk more about the game on Monday when we get there, but let's pass over to my conversation with Teddy Prestash doing Week 15 picks against the spread for the NFL season. And as always, we welcome back in Teddy Prestash for our Friday episode of Quick Hits doing Week 15 picks against the spread. Uh, it is December 18th. We get a full weekend of football. We got two Saturday games, big Sunday slate, a lot of fun action going on. Teddy, before we get into how we did last week, how we're doing on the season, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, I'm a little downtrodden after my week last week, but <laughs> I'm ready to, to bounce back. And I think I'm gonna, I've been doing some meditation, some mindfulness exercises. Oh, good. And I'm ready to, to focus up and, and, and find some zen. Yeah, you're zen out, man. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to talk about the money that we lost on Sunday because I, I had a big losing day Sunday too. We'll just talk about the picks instead. Uh, last week, I was just below 500, uh, 7 and 8 on the week, which on the year brought me to 97, 81 and 2. Teddy, on the flip side, you were just behind me, one game behind, 6 and 9, uh, which is cool because sex. Um, you, are now, you are now sitting at 85, 90 and 5. We're going to get you above 500 by the end of this season. we got three weeks. Hopefully I, hopefully I can still uh, keep a lead over you doing so. But um, let's just dive into uh, Saturday games. we got a nice double header uh, before we get into the Sunday slate. Starting off with Bills-Broncos. Um, Buffalo is averaging 27.6 points per game this season, which is the most in their franchise history since 1991. They are sitting at 10-3. and three. The Broncos, meanwhile, had a crazy win um, over uh, Carolina last week. Drew Locke had one of the best games of his career, and uh, they're sitting at 5-8 and eight now. Uh, Bills favored by 6 on the road. Teddy, uh, do the Bills keep you know, trucking along? They've had two really big wins in primetime games. Uh, now they get a lesser opponent, but a really tough defense. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, man, I, I, I like the Bills here. I really do. I think the Bills have been interesting this year, it, it's from my perspective personally, just because every every time they kind of have a test, I I fully buy into the fact that if they win and if they show up, which I know they can, it'll be a great statement for them. But I continue to pick against them. Yeah. Um, for example, week three, I remember they were playing the Rams, and 
I was like, listen, the Bills, if they want to be a good team, they got to beat the Rams, but I don't see it happening. And what do they do? They beat them. <laughs> Last yeah. week with Pittsburgh, I say, eh, I don't really know. I kind of like the Steelers. What do they do? They dominate again. Um, so, so I feel like it's just time for me to to buy in, give the Bills all the props that they deserve. Um, it really is just a fun team to watch. I, and I also, I have no statistics behind this, but something about the Bills playing like not normal slate games, I feel <laughs> like they always do well. Like they love Thanksgiving it. last year, their primetime game so far oh. this year, like. I feel like they've just been they 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 love the uh, the attention of the fans and and to show everyone that they're they are like this great team that needs to be respected. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna have take the Bills. Good for Drew Locke last week, but I, I I still just don't really love the Broncos and uh and this Bills D is a lot better than the Panthers D. So so give me the Bills. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Bills minus six as well too. My interesting take with the Bills, I was. I guess saying, you know, for a while now that they're a legit team to be taken seriously. Um, And now that everybody is really starting to buy into the hype, I actually am having more questions about the Bills, specifically defensively. Um, Their front seven was dominant last year. And, you know, some guys have taken a step back. Some some young guys haven't taken the next step. You know, like a, a guy like Ed Oliver is one that comes to mind, is a guy that I say, year two, I expect more out of you, especially after he had a, a pretty good year one. So um, I, I do have questions in the long term about Buffalo as in terms of can this team contend for a Super Bowl, um, but they are six points better than the Denver Broncos. Uh, I do like the over of 50. The Bills are an over machine this season, and Denver can put up points. Um, so I'm going to take the over in this one as well, but I'm on you. Bills minus six. I uh, feel pretty good about it. Circle those wagons. Oh yeah, circle the wagons. I was, the Bills were such a fun. They're they're such a fun team to root for because their fan base is so insane. Annoying. No, yeah, they're not. Well, they're annoying for you as a Jets fan. I love the Bills fans. I think they're amazing. Yeah, a, a Jets fan living in Western New York for the past six yeah. years was was tough. Yeah, a lot of fun. Well, good for them. Yeah, good hopefully, for them. Hopefully the Jets get there one yeah, day. Yeah, hopefully you guys can find your uh, your your Josh Allen this year. You know, not that Josh Allen, oh wait, he was available, wasn't he, at pick three. Hmm. All right, so moving along now to the Saturday night game, we have got a Panthers versus Packers matchup in Green Bay. Carolina, as we mentioned, uh, they lost to Denver this past week. They were 4-9. and nine. I, I keep saying, you know, the thing with the Panthers, it's so funny when they started the season 3-1, and one, and just to see where they are now, they're 1-8 um, in, in their last nine games. They're traveling to Green Bay to take on the Red Hot Packers. Green Bay pissed me off by not covering at the end of that game last week. Um, they were fav- We had them locked in at, what, 7.5? And, um, and they ended yep. up only winning by 7. Uh, they're 10-3 and three this year. Uh, 13-2 and two at home since 2019. Uh, that's including the playoffs. Uh, but we're not talking about just getting the win here. We're talking about the spread. And once again, it's sitting at 7.5. Teddy... Uh, how do you feel against Carolina as opposed to, you know, I know we were all over Green Bay last week on Detroit and it came up short. How do you feel about them going up against the Panthers? Yeah, man, this is this is a tough one for me, and you know this. Because yep, you love the Panthers. These are my, these are my two squads. The you Packers love the, the Panthers, Panthers. And the Panthers have been blowing it yeah. to the extreme. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, man. For me, I love the Packers. I I, I fully believe they're going to win this game and I, I've been just loving watching what they're doing um, their offense is just so fun to watch Rodgers, Adams, 
Aaron Jones, who kind of put up a stinker and ruined my DraftKings last week, but Aww. whatever. Um, but I don't know, man. Seven and a half, I, I, I feel like I've just been getting burned. Maybe it's just the bad taste of my mouth from the, from their one touchdown win last week. But I, I feel like I just keep getting burned with these. So, so I am going to take the Panthers. I just I, wow. I, I, I don't know, man. I like them. I really do. You do. And I think they'll be able to hang around and, and lose by four or five. So that's where I'm at. What do you think about it? You love Teddy Two Gloves. You do love Robbie Anderson. So yeah. I, I, I get it. Um, I'm going to be on the flip side. I'm going to take the Packers minus seven and a half. I do think that, um, you know, with Detroit last week, and even, you know, you know, Matt Stafford did go down late at the end of that game, um, I think that they pose more of a threat offensively than the Panthers do, especially in the passing game. I, I know the receivers are more talented in Carolina, so I'm not trying to say that, but I've never been a big Teddy Two Gloves kind of guy. Um, I'm, I'm still in the boat that I would love to see one of these, you know, QB threes or fours get taken in the draft by Carolina because they are going to have a high draft pick this year. Um, I'm going to be on the Packers. I'm going to take the, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I keep, you know, we're two games in. I've talked about the over-unders, but I'm taking a look at 51 and a half is where we locked it in. I'm going to take the under on that. I think Carolina won't be able to do a whole lot versus this, uh, you know, Green Bay secondary. I think the Packers can win by eight. If they bush. Oh, bush. Uh-uh. No barking. It was a matter of time before he inter- He had been good this season. I know, dude. I like sometimes forget that you have a dog. Over I there. know, yeah. And it's 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 funny when I started this podcast and uh, last year when I first got him, I could never get a show done. I was having to record legitimately in my car to leave him so I could record a podcast quietly. Um, but back to the show. Uh, yeah, Packers. I just if, if they burn me on seven and a half two weeks in a row on this show, so be it. I'm just taking the better team here that I think is significantly better than the Panthers. Um, obviously, if you're betting, as you always say, Teddy, buy that half point. Just make it seven. Don't don't sure. don't stress over a half point. Yeah, and and uh, so we just covered the two Saturday games, and the way you were talking, I think it it provides a great opportunity for for a teaser. You could t- tease the Bills down to a pick on um, Packers Ooh. down to minus one and a half. Then take that Bills over and the and the uh, Packers under and ride it out. Oh, that'll be a fun one. I have to place yeah. I have to place all my bets in um, since I'm heading back to New York and I, I got rid of my illegal gambling account. So now I've just got my legal ones. So I'm placing my entire Loser. bets for the weekend today on Friday. So uh, I'm thank you for uh, putting that out there. I'm definitely going to do that for a nice Saturday tease. Yeah, man, love it. All right, so let's move along now to the NFC North. We're on Sunday now. Uh, the Chicago Bears, um, who had a, uh, this was another game that I we were split on last week that I ended up getting on the right side of. Uh, the Chicago Bears beat the Houston Texans. You know, good for Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy to finally get a win over, uh, you know, a guy that's, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes, one of the two guys that they could have had in that draft class. Um, meanwhile, you take a look at Minnesota. They're traveling to take on the Vikings. Uh, Minnesota's won five of their last seven after starting the season one and five. Both teams are six and seven. Both aren't technically eliminated from the playoffs, um, but I believe this is a loser leaves town, definitely out of the playoff hunt, whoever loses here. We've got the line at the Vikings, minus three and a half. Um, Ted, I know that you were on the um, I know you were on the Texans last week. Did the Bears do anything to convince you that they might be able to pull one out here in Minnesota? Yes, kind of. <laughs> All right, but- let's hear it. I need you. I need you to to talk to me because I'm so confused. Yeah. Like, who? What is up with Mitch Trubisky? Like, why does he sometimes just like play 
really well and like throw for like three touchdowns or whatever. Like, please explain to me the Mitch Trubisky experience. So I, I think specifically with last week, I, the Texans' defense is one of the worst in football. You know, they've, they're they're old in the front seven outside of linebacker Zach Cunningham. The secondary is. Um, the secondary is bad and then also is missing their number one corner. And I think for Mitch, too, the biggest thing for him is he needs a bad front seven so that he can provide time in the pocket and also be able to run and catch some of these linebackers off guard. Um, when defenses are, you know, can really hold him inside the pocket and also get to him quickly, he's a very bad quarterback. So I think it was more just the matchup last week. Um, and that's kind of how I see, you know, Mitch going out. Nagy is really inconsistent sometimes with play calling. And I got to, you know, say, you know, the Bears' offensive line can be pretty bad. They just held their own against a bad Houston front. Um, and, and really, to me, that was the big difference. But you're right. It's confusing, man. You know, sometimes he does look really on. Other times, you know, in Detroit, it was it was an okay game before they ended up losing it with that fumble inside the 10. But he is one of the tougher quarterbacks where it's like, I don't know what I'm going to get from him on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, man. Um that's just what's really what's really eating away at me here. And But the thing is with this three-and-a-half-point spread is I, I really think this is going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to go back and forth. I think that at the end of the day, it's going to come down to a team either winning or trying to land on, on the last drive of the game. Um, and, and I see this being a three-point game or less. So I'm mm-hmm. going to take the Bears plus three-and-a-half. This is... I don't know, man, but <laughs> I hate picking the Bears, but but give them to me with the, with the points. Yeah, that you're right. It, it's a, it's going to be a close divisional game, and at that point, I'm just going to take the points here. The team that I think you know is getting you know if you're getting three and a half, and you're telling me that it's going to be a close divisional game where the Vikings may end up winning by a field goal, and my bet still hits, I'm going to take that because it's the lower risk play. Um, and, and I think, you know, I think there's a good chance for the Bears to win here too. Especially, you know, you got to think if it's coming down to a last second field goal, Dan Bailey missed out on 10 points last week. So, you know, the, the kicking yeah, situation. Ruined the over. Oh, terrible. Just, just destroyed it. It was so, Sunday was so frustrating. You know, obviously I got lucky on, on Monday night hitting a, a parlay that paid out a hundred bucks that really, you know, didn't save my week, but made it a, uh, a, a less frustrating. Yeah, manageable. Especially I had a good college uh, football Saturday and then just a really bad Sunday, but yeah, there were just some yeah, ugly. This was, this was the worst Sunday of the year for oh, me. Like witching hours. No, I had no fun. Other than I did say at the beginning of the, I know no one cares about my fantasy league, but I said <laughs> at the beginning of the day I'll lose it all if I can win fantasy. So right. at least I got that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff. We're in the final four of our dynasty league right now, so hopefully we can yeah. face off in the title game. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you here. The Bears. If I'm just getting. A close game here. I'm just going to take the Bears because they're plus three and a half. Um, you know, I, I think right now, you know, in the uh, in the grand scheme of things, I think, you know, both teams are fighting for the playoffs, even though there's not a – to me, there's not a chance either of these teams get in. But if you take a look, coach, quarterback, who's fighting for their job more? Matt Nagy and, and, and Mitch Trubisky are in desperation mode right now. Like, these two need to finish on a hot streak if they want any chance at being, you know, starters or head coaches uh, next season. So I'm going to take the Bears here, plus three and a half. Kind of like them to win, too. You know, Minnesota, 
I don't get what they were trying to do offensively last week against Tampa. They were just trying to keep the Bucks' offense off the field and just doing these long drives, but then they weren't able to convert. And so, yeah, it's cool if you're wasting the clock away, but you have to score touchdowns. And when you're relying on Dan Bailey and he can only miss field goals, that's just it's, – it's a terrible recipe. So um, I'm going to take the Bears here. All right, let's move along now. Uh, another one of your teams, Ted, and maybe it's, I just consider them one of your teams because they're not one of mine, uh, but the Tennessee Titans are hosting the Detroit Lions here. Lions are sitting at 5-8. and eight. Um, They are going, you know, obviously, uh, it, Matt Stafford is out, I believe, right? Like, he's, he's confirmed out, or is it, like, up in the air still? I'm looking at it right now. <clears throat> As of yesterday's injury report, he still has yet to practice this week right and everything says they're not optimistic about him playing yeah but i i can't i don't know dude matt stafford he's, is like that dude exactly like, well, he's one of those quarterbacks just come back in right he'll tough I, it I, out i don't think anything's official yet which is tough right yeah so stafford's one of those guys that is uh that is uh, he'll tough out you know more injuries than your average quarterback and i think the line sure. here is reflecting like vegas expects stafford to be out but nonetheless, Detroit traveling to Tennessee, Lions 5-8, and eight, Titans 9-4. and four. Tennessee has been averaging over 35 points a game since week 11, which is most in the NFL. They are 10.5-point favorites. Teddy, uh, you riding the Titans? You think the Lions can keep it close? What do you think? Yeah, well, well first I just want to talk about... Um, so, last week the last Titans week, over yeah. did not hit. So now with Ryan Tannehill, the Titans are 18-4-1 and one, hitting the over. So I think that this week the over is probably just a great play. I don't even know what it's at, but I'm probably going to take it. 51 and a half right now. Oh, love that. Love that. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. The, the, mm -hmm. the Titans have just consistently, consistently hit the over with Ryan Tannehill. So, so that's definitely a, a pretty good play, especially after not hitting last week. Um, for me... Dude, I don't know. I love the Titans, but but they've just been this inconsistent team. Ten and a half just scares me a lot. I mean, obviously, if Matt Stafford doesn't play, mm -hmm. that that throws a wrench in my plans a little bit. But but I wouldn't be surprised if he if if Sunday he comes out and and is ready to go. Um, so I'm going to take the lines with the points. It's just too many points for me. Yeah, I'm going to say that I'm going to give us a little credit here, or I'm going to give us a little leeway here. If, if Matt Stafford is playing, I want to be on the Lions plus 10.5. If not, I'm my pick right now is Titans minus 10.5. I'm going to take the Titans to cover with the expectation that Stafford is out. But I think this could be one where I text you on Sunday. When yeah, the, that's okay. We've when, done that before. When the injury has come out. Because it is one of, I mean, Matt Stafford is worth a few points when it comes to this team, especially considering, you know, I'm not a fan of the Titans' defense at all. Yeah, they held up against Gardner Minshew and the Jags, but the Jaguars have also lost 11 or 12 straight games at this point. So, you know, I, I think that the Lions' offense can be a lot more frisky with Matt Stafford in the lineup. So, um, I, I think the Titans can win by 10 or more if Stafford is out, but if he's playing, I, I feel like that's big enough of a swing where we'd be allowed to make an adjustment on Sunday. But for right now, as I'm expecting Stafford to be out, I'm going to take the Titans minus 10 and a half. Yeah, and, and who, who's their backup? I don't even know. Uh, is, it, is it Chase Daniel? I think it's yes, Chase Daniel. Yeah, because yeah. it's not Driscoll. No. Yeah, it is Chase Daniel. Chase You're Daniel. right. So, yeah. He looks very weird in, in Lions Blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I I just think 
Tennessee is a team, because I was on the Jaguars. They kept it close the first time around. The Jaguars have been looking frisky. A awful week for me as well, too, in terms of just takes on certain players. Because I came out and I was like, look, Mike Lennon has looked like the best Jags quarterback this season over the last two weeks. And then he looked terrible. And there's yeah, a, I started him in my DraftKings as well. He looked, he looked terrible. And then we're going to get a little later in the show. There's another quarterback that looked terrible that I was hyping up. So... Uh, it was a, it was a bad week for me, um, and I'm just gonna say that I, I'm just gonna not bet against the Titans here against a bad team. I think Tractor Cito heats up in December. He's gonna get things rolling for that offense even more so. He could hit 2,000 yards this uh, this season. He just has to average over 150 a game the rest of the way. So uh, keep an eye on that as we get Derrick Henry chasing for 2,000 yards. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, it'd be a fun one. All right, so let's talk about my Colts now. We're gonna stick in the AFC South. Uh, we've got a divisional matchup where the Houston Texans sitting at 4-9. and nine. They lost, obviously, to the Bears last week. They're traveling to take on the Colts, who are sitting at 9-4, and four, and just demolished the Raiders last week uh, to the point where the Raiders fired their defensive coordinator. There were turnovers, pick sixes, uh, big Jonathan Taylor game. He has been PFF's highest-graded running back the last three weeks of the NFL season. Uh, so, you know, we always... You know, it, it's always funny in, just to talk about fantasy again. There's always one or two players that just finally figure it out in the playoffs for fantasy leagues, and those teams just end up running away with the titles. Yeah. Um, and, and Jonathan Taylor, with the stretch that he's on and the opponents they face, could very well be that guy that ends up winning you your league um, after being, you know, very underwhelming through the first 10 games of the season. Uh, but switching back to the game, um, Indy has won three of their last four games against the Texans. They obviously beat them um, in Houston a couple weeks ago. This line is now at Colts minus seven, uh, whereas a few weeks ago it was three and a half. So Colts at home getting a few more points. Uh, can Indy win by more than a touchdown, Ted, or is Deshaun Watson going to keep this one close? Yeah, man. Um, this is a tough one for me. It really is just because the, the Colts have just – looked great and, and they have been such a fun team to watch especially offensively um and honestly and defensively they, they've just been great and and I've, I've been happy for you for sure Thanks. um yeah and I, I like to see them rolling um the thing is with these cold texans games it, you know it's those divisional games with deshaun watson um and they're getting brandon cooks back and i just I don't know, dude. It, it, it really is. It really is a tough one for me. I'm gonna go with the Texans with the points. I don't know why. I for some reason I think the Colts are gonna win by six or like three or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know what? No, I'm not. Because no? they already did that. They 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 already had their close game two weeks ago. Right. So I like the Colts because I just thinking about Jonathan Taylor and and T.Y. Hilton loves to go off against the Texans, and I'm starting Philip Rivers in my fantasy league this week. We got. We love fantasy. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're talking a lot. <laughs> Give me the Colts. I'm a flip-flopper. Right. I don't care. Give me the Colts. Minus seven. Well, you They're going to blow them out. You know what's so interesting is you said you made my exact point why I ended up taking the Colts minus seven because I did I did was originally thinking Texans here just because AFC South, close matchup, you know, and the last time they played it was a close matchup. And I did the same thing last week when I took the Jaguars plus uh, what, plus seven and a half against the Titans because I said, well, earlier in the season, they played each other close and it's an AFC South matchup and then the Titans blew out the Jaguars. So now I'm flipping and I'm saying, okay, I'm sure the Colts probably learned in that game ways to attack the Texans and they're just the better overall team. So I am going to take the Colts here minus seven. 
um, have yet to bet against them this season. So <laughs> it's a it's a sad sad show when I you know I play into the favoritism of my team. At least it hasn't like crushed you though. Yeah. Like, what a, what what a great yeah. thing that you can you can tell yourself. You right. Know? At least they're nine and four on the season at the very least. Even if some spreads have come back to bite me in the butt. You know, last week I, right. I ended up getting it right. There have been a good stretch here where I haven't been losing betting on the Colts. Yeah, I think I, they got to be at least five hundred covering, if not better. I think yeah, better. I think better. So I, I think they're seven and four covering when I've bet on them because uh, you take away a Thursday night game that we've missed as well. Um, right. So, yeah, so I'm going to take the Colts here. Glad that you were able to flip back and, and we can both root for them to win by a touchdown because I would just love a blowout over the Texans. They're my least, yeah. favorite. They're my least favorite team in the NFL. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the last final team in the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars, sitting at 1-12 on the year. Uh, Justin Fields is in their sight. If the Jets somehow come up with a win, Trevor Lawrence could be in their sight. But obviously, a guy like Doug Marone uh, fighting for his next job if he wants to stay around in the NFL ranks. Um, a guy like Gardner Minshew, who said he believes he's still the future quarterback. He wants to spend his career in Jacksonville, uh, which is just hilarious to me when you take a look at you know the draft and who's available and just the ways that this offseason could go for the Jaguars. Uh, they are traveling to take on the Baltimore Ravens, who just had a very uh, exciting win over the Cleveland Browns this past week on Monday Night Football. Uh, game of the year type potential. It was a really fun game. Um, you know, to just uh, make fun of myself, I wasn't able to watch the end of it. Um, I was so upset wow. at halftime. I had already made plans to uh, to go see uh, the girl that I'm seeing. Uh, I was going to go spend the night at her place, and wow. and uh, and she just moved apartments, and her cable hadn't been set up yet. So I got there, and I was like, "Hey, there's this game on." She was like, "Oh, my bad." So no cable, no Wi-Fi, couldn't end up watching it. Uh, but really fun game. The Ravens are, are fighting for their playoff hopes right now, trying to stay in the thick of things. It's The AFC race is tough. You know, the fact that I'm a Colts fan at 9-4 and four, and there's a very good possibility we don't make the playoffs is so frustrating. Uh, but the Ravens are just in that spot as well, sitting at 8-5. and five. They've scored over 34 points in their last two games, so maybe the offense is, is finally figuring things out. Um, it's a big spread, uh, second biggest spread of the week. They're minus 12 and a half over the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Teddy, uh, what do you think here? Yeah, man. Well, well, first of all, I think you might have to put like a, like a not safe for work uh, warning on this podcast or something with, with all these with these anecdotes you're telling us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. The, the Ravens have looked a lot better. Um, and and I've been riding them these past couple weeks, which has been nice. Mm-hmm. But I still just I, I just don't think they have all the pieces that they need to be this like dominant um, team. I do think they're gonna definitely try to fight and claw their way into into the playoffs as best they can. Their schedule coming up, they got Jacksonville and the Giants and the Bengals, so they could very well go three and zero and then be sitting at eleven and five going into the playoffs, but. Again, 12 and a half, it's just a lot. Um, with Gardner being able to sling it around, maybe, who knows, maybe he'll be able to, to put some points up on the board. And and I, I it's just too many points for me. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. Yeah, the, the line definitely does scare me, but I'm just going to take the team that is rolling right now. After seeing what the Jags weren't able to do against the Titans defense, 
I've given up all hope on them keeping things close at this point. The, the Titans' defense doesn't get talked about enough how bad it is this year. Like, it's so bad. And that's why, honestly, they're the king of these overs. Because, yeah, Tannehill is, Tannehill is going to put up a bunch of points, but he has to because the games are always close in most cases. So um, I'm going to take the Ravens to win by a couple touchdowns here. I think that the biggest takeaway from Baltimore, what I've seen the last few weeks, is Lamar is finally running the ball again at a very high uh, volume. I think that they were getting a little bit away from what made them great last year. And, um, you know, they became very predictable on offense. Um, the, the passing game really just isn't there outside of Mark Andrews. And, and you know, maybe Willie Sneed, the connection with Hollywood Brown is so uncomfortable right now. I know he ended up getting a touchdown uh, yeah, late. Yeah, he might be out this week too. So then you consider that as well, too. I just they, They've gotten back to their thing. They need to do two things. One is make sure that they're always getting Lamar out of the pocket and getting him to run because that really, you know, I, I want to say he's a very talented quarterback, but that is his best weapon. His legs are his best weapon. And so get him running more. And then also, please, for the love of God, they're, they're starting to do it now, but make J.K. Dobbins the feature running back. You know, it, 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 the last few weeks up until, you know, maybe two weeks ago, I was saying, let's get less of Mark Ingram. Now they're finally doing that. I believe he only had one carry last week, so they are starting to uh, highlight Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So that's yeah, helping them out. The Gus bust. Yeah, exactly. So, so both, you know, I think just the rush attack is, is really starting to get into form. I think they can do pretty uh, dangerous things against the Jags defense, and I think this will be a blowout game. So, uh, so yeah, Ravens winning by 13 is what I got. Um, you, you're taking the Jaguars to cover here. We'll move along now to the AFC East uh, where we've got a fun, fun game just for the one, one reason alone, really. Uh, we've got the Patriots taking on the Dolphins. Patriots sitting at 6-7, and seven, Dolphins at 8-5. and five. Um, Here's the stat, Teddy. Rookie quarterbacks are 7-21 and 21 versus Bill Belichick as a head coach. Uh, we saw Justin Herbert have the worst game of his his young career against Bill Belichick. Um, you know, I thought that it would be a little bit better. Uh, I know we were both on the Patriots. I didn't, you know, I didn't see a 45-0 blowout, um, you know, when I was predicting that game. Uh, the Patriots, they know how to scheme up against rookie quarterbacks and how to pick them apart in their, in their first time facing the Belichick defense. The Dolphins, however, um, you know, they are the better team, and for that they're favored one and a half points at home. How do you see this one playing out, Ted? Yeah, dude, another tough one for me, um, but but a really really exciting game, a game mm -hmm. I'm excited to watch. Um, and and what was that set seven and whatever seven against, and twenty one the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Their last win, the last loss that the Patriots had against a rookie quarterback was against Geno Smith in the Jets <laughs> oh, in 2013. Wait, 2013. So, random Jets stat of the week. Yeah, Scott Graham gave me that one. So a rookie quarterback hasn't beaten Bill Belichick in seven seasons. That is. That's unbelievable. That's pretty yeah. crazy. And you know what? I think he's due. I'm ah, picking the Dolphins. There you go. Um, which is difficult because of that. Like, I don't really believe in Tua at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I, th this Patriots team has just not been great, and this Dolphins team kind of has. I mean, they haven't been dominant by any means, but look what they, look what they did against Kansas City last week. Like, you're telling me this Dolphins team that – that at the beginning of the season last year, people were saying was the worst team of all time, and they yeah. were going to go in sixteen. Which really, that was this year's Jets. But <laughs> but but with the coaching with Flores and the way the defense is playing, and the way that I mean, I don't love Tua, but but he's been playing well enough, yeah. and, and he's making some some good throws. Um, 
And I just, I just don't see it on the Patriots' side. I don't see them being able to move the ball against this defense very well. Um, so, so I think the Dolphins cover here. Yeah, look, Tua, Tua really impressed me last week against the Chiefs. Um, I was surprised with how they were able to keep pace with the Kansas City offense. Not that the Kansas City offense was, you know, blowing it away as they, you know, usually can. The Dolphins' defense is very good, but Tua was able to handle his own against a, a, a frisky uh, Chiefs defense. Uh, I'm going to take the Patriots, though. I am. I'm going to take the Patriots to win this one. These coaches really know each other, obviously, having spent the last decade and a half together. I think at the very least it'll be a very close game. Um, and, and I've been down on the Patriots all year. But what I take into consideration is when it's a, you know, there's two rules that I have. When they're going up against a bad coach, take the Patriots because Bill Belichick just is that big of an advantage against another bad head coach. And then rookie quarterbacks, I'm just going to keep riding it. Um, I, I want Geno Smith to hold that record forever, Ted. So I'm going to take the Patriots plus one and a half. I'm going to take them to win here. And um, and unfortunately, that will crumble the Dolphins' playoff hopes. But uh, a very fun season for them. And then next year, I mean, expectations should be sky high for the, for the Miami Dolphins. If they have a good draft and offseason, Tua in year two, uh, they, could be, they could be a very fun team to watch next year. Yeah, and I'll just throw out, I really don't want the Dolphins to make the playoffs over, over some of the other teams that are in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you rather the Ravens over the Dolphins? Definitely, and, and and the Raiders, too. You'd rather the Raiders as well? Yeah. I just The, the Dolphins just aren't that exciting to me. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. I I don't know. I, I do, uh, just because of how much I love Brian Flores, I would want yeah. to win over the Raiders, but I agree. I'd rather see Lamar in the playoffs. It's fun when you get into the postseason and you've got the best teams and the best teams also have some of the best quarterbacks in football. Right. It just makes it more exciting when you get good quarterback yeah. matchups. Um, so, Ted, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that there was a team that uh, there was a couple games where I was like, this quarterback has been doing really well, and, and then they came back to just uh, shit the bed this Sunday. I, Mike Glennon was the first, and then the second was Nick Mullins. Uh, he looked so so bad last week against the Washington football team that it was it was one of the worst quarterback performances I think that I've watched. And what's funny is you look at the box score and you still say that's not terrible. You know, him and Brandon Ayuk had a really good connection where he had another monster week. But I mean, he was really really bad against the the uh, the football team. Uh, so they come back this week. They are taking on the um, Dallas Cowboys. Two, you know. Unfortunate seasons, if you think of injuries and just underachieving expectations. The 49ers obviously being in the Super Bowl last year. Didn't imagine being at 5-8 and eight this deep into the season. Meanwhile, Dallas, with how great their offense was, uh, you know, before losing Dak Prescott, it's a shame to be at 4-9, and nine, but obviously their defense is terrible. And, uh, you know, good for Andy Dalton to get that revenge win over the Bengals last week. Uh, so we've got 49ers-Cowboys. Dallas has won five of the last six games versus the 49ers, but the 49ers are three-point favorites on the road playing in Dallas. Teddy, what's your breakdown of this game? Yeah, man. I mean, the 49ers have been just the most frustrating team all year. Yeah. And especially just – I mean, I know they have all these um, injuries and things like that that are, that are really preventing them from, from reaching their full potential – um, they're one in five in their last six games. It's just it's just been annoying. And and that one win is against the Rams. Like yeah, of course it, it is. <laughs> they have just been very annoying. I think last week um, with the Cowboys and the Bengals, I I, I think I kind of missed that just because yeah. smash play with the Dalton revenge game. 
Uh, right. I am going to go with the 49ers here. I just think the Cowboys are just really bad. Uh, they have no defense. I think the coaching um, with the 49ers is just leaps and bounds above the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am just going to ride with them. I just think this is – I wouldn't really say a game between two bad teams because I don't really want to say the 49ers are a bad team, but they're mm-hmm. just kind of a, a downtrodden, like down-on-their-luck team. Yeah. And the Cowboys – are that way as well, and also just bad. So, so give me the 49ers here, but God, I'm so frustrated with them. Right, yeah, the 49ers have pissed me off all season, um, but I really do love them this week against Dallas. And yeah. simply for the fact that Kyle Shanahan, coming from that Shanahan coaching tree, obviously with his father Mike, um, he has one of the best uh, zone run um, schemes in all of football. Uh, and and the Dallas rush attack is terrible. Uh, I think them and Houston have the two worst in football right now. And the 49ers love running the football, so I think no matter who's back there, they're just going to dominate. To me, the game plan is just keep running and, and don't let Nick Mullins throw unless it's like a play action after you've run five times in a row. That would be my scheme. That would be my game plan because the Dallas defense is so bad uh, where they would be able to just do a good job um, just running the ball down their throats. The line is at three just because the 49ers lost to Washington last week, but I think that it should be I think it should be six or seven. I mean, Dallas is a if, – if last week's outcomes weren't what they were, if Dallas didn't blow out the Bengals and if, and if San Francisco, you know, didn't lose by – I guess a de- – well, they lose by eight, I think, to Washington, I think that this line would be much different. I think it would be 49ers minus six or seven. So getting them at three to me is a steal. Um, I love this I game this week. I love this game this week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely. Yep. All right, cool. So let's move on now to talk about that Washington football team, as we were saying, uh, who ended up getting a victory over the 49ers last week, um, sitting first place in the NFC East now. Surprising turnaround for uh, for Ron Rivera and, and that entire uh, football team. They are hosting the Seattle Seahawks 9-4, and who just tore apart the Jets last week. It was the one of the ugliest games of this season. I don't know why we were on the Jets uh, Ted, I, I I was really downplaying the Seahawks, and I was like, look, the Jets' offense has been a little surprising the last few weeks. So I was like, yeah, they can keep it within two scores, but, I mean, God, ugly, ugly game. Uh, Seahawks traveling to Washington now. Uh, I think we're going to be we're gonna be getting Dwayne Haskins in at quarterback for the Washington football team, uh, which obviously scares you a little bit just compared to what we had been seeing out of Alex Smith since he had taken over as starter. They were actually a top-10 offense in the NFL, um, now they go back to Haskins, and he had a rough start to the season. Um, but the Seahawks on the road, favored by five and a half. The line is a little tricky, but Teddy, what do you think of it? Yeah, and, and I do just want to talk about that Jets Seahawks game for two seconds. Yeah, just mm-hmm. I sitting there and seeing the Jets plus thirteen and a half. I just wanted to take them so bad. But I mean, I, I told you we were talking before the show and and on Sunday. I, I knew that the Seahawks were just going to absolutely dominate the Jets. Like. Yeah. It, the Jets are so bad, and especially with the whole firing of Greg Williams, like, he was the only person in that building who provided any type of, like, fire and drive and passion, regardless of what you think about his coaching ability and, and decision-making. Mm-hmm. He at least brings some some drive, and, and that's completely lost. And, and here we are again. How many weeks in a row have I said the Jets have reached rock bottom? Like, every uh, yeah. single week, it's getting worse, yeah. which is just crazy. Um, for this game, what scares me um, with the Seahawks is the, the key to kind of other teams' success against the Seahawks this year has been um, Russ, 
excuse me, rushing the quarterback and getting to Russell Wilson and really making him uncomfortable. Um, but then you take the flip side of Chris Carson has been back, has been playing a lot better. I think last week was a get-right game for him. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to roll through this game um, and, and kind of just dominate. Um, and then, uh, again, you look at Dwayne Haskins. I just don't – I don't believe he can – run the offense the same way that Alex Smith can, and I don't think that he can protect the ball the same way that Alex Smith can. So I I would bet on a a turnover or two for him, um, and the Seahawks just kind of run away with this one. Yeah, if if Alex Smith was playing, I would have actually picked the upset here. I would have taken the, the Washington football team to win. I really do like how their defense matches up with Seattle. I think that you only need to put four and rush four the entire game because their front four is one of the best in football, and Seattle has a terrible offensive line. I think that it would have limited the Seahawks' offense to where they could really only pass the ball. And um, I, 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 I would have picked Washington if Smith was there because I think they would have been able to do enough against the Seahawks' defense. Now, the Seahawks' Defense is bad enough where I think Haskins won't be awful, but like you said, I think he will be due for a turnover or two in this game. And for that, I'm going to take the Seahawks minus five, um, five and a half, sorry. Uh, I I just think that at the end of the day, the the quarterback switch is is really going to end up killing Washington. If they can't get Alex Smith back, they're at risk for losing this division just with how close it is. I think he's that important to the offense. They were lost with, with Haskins and even Kyle Allen to start the season, so... Um, I was happy to see him back out there. I hope he's doing all right. The The thing that scares me, and I, I don't want to spread any bad juju or bad luck out there, but the fact that we haven't heard updates about this leg and it being the one that he you know, obviously had a severe injury with a couple of years ago, I hope and pray that everything is all right with him. But it, it does worry me that we're this far along into the week and we haven't heard anything about it. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so hopefully he's all right. But we're both on the Seahawks here. It's an unfortunate situation, but... Uh, you know, hopefully they can pull things out and hopefully the NFC East can lose out so they can hold on to this playoff spot, but uh, we will have to see how that happens. Let's move along now, talk about the next game that we've got in uh, NFC South matchup in Atlanta. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 8-5. and five. They get the win over the Vikings. Wasn't really that impressive of a win, especially when you consider Dan Bailey did cough up about 10 points for their team. Um, coming off of a bye, I guess I would have expected more. I would have expected them to look better, but... Uh, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm definitely down on the Buccaneers, but they're traveling to take on the Atlanta Falcons, who I'm, you know, it's hard to not be down on the Atlanta Falcons. Fun stat today. Teddy, uh, you know how they had that 28-3 to lead over the uh, New England Patriots in that Super Bowl a few years ago? Yep. Since that game, they are 28-33. and So we got a 28-3, no uh, <laughs> I guess 33 in this case, but it's just funny to see that that's their record since uh, blowing a 28-3 to lead. That is... Unbelievable. Yeah, credit to, uh, what's his name, Ebo, Evan, uh, over at Barstool. He actually put that out this morning, so I ended up seeing that. But, uh, but yeah, so we've got the, the, the Buccaneers traveling to take on the Falcons. Um, you know, the, uh, we get, the I guess, the battle of both of those quarterbacks from the Super Bowl matchup in Brady versus Matt Ryan. Uh, obviously, both of their teams are, are vastly different now. Uh, Bucks six-point favorites on the road. Teddy, where do you go with this one? Yeah, I mean, for me, this really comes down to one thing, um, and that's Julio Jones, yep. um, who won't be playing. Last week, he did not play, and I kind of, in my head, I was like, well, I know Matt Ryan hasn't played well with him or without him yet, but I, I think that trend can't really continue throughout a whole season. And what do you know? I was wrong. Yeah. Um, he just, they, they have just not 
looked good on offense at all lately. Um, and for me, like I said last week with the Bucks, I really do just think, I mean, they definitely could have looked a lot better last week, but I do just think they're going, they're really, especially Tom Brady, they're really trying to focus and, and be in the right space going into the playoffs. Um, and I think that Tom Brady and some of the other veterans that they have on that team are going to be able to provide that um, for them. So I really do just love, I, I love them here. I, I think that the Falcons are kind of just dead in the water. They can't run the ball. They don't have Julio. I, I, there's just really not much going on for me. Matt Ryan hasn't been playing great. Yeah. So this one's just an easy one for me. I like the Bucks. I just think they have superior talent. They have more to play for. Um, so there you go. Yeah, check, check, and check. I agree with everything you're saying. No Julio Jones. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are fighting for something more than Atlanta is. And Atlanta's offense is prehistoric. I, I mean, what they are running offensively is just like it's out of the Stone Age. And you can't, you can't do that when you have, you know, obviously Julio is out. But when you have offensive talent around Matt Ryan, um, you know, I, I feel like you got to have a little bit something that's, you know, an offense that we've seen in the last five years here in the NFL. So um, hopefully they can get things right this offseason and maximize what they have left in Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. We'll have to... Uh, see what they choose to do this offseason. But I'm with you. Bucks minus six. They're the better team. They need to start getting some impressive wins. Um, so hopefully they can start to really get things going in time for the playoffs. Um, but beating Atlanta by a touchdown isn't something I think will be that tough to do. All right, move along. We're going to talk about your Jets. Uh, to me, this is the most lopsided uh, game in terms of coaching, talent, uh, that we've seen all year. The New York Jets yep. are 0-13, three games away from Trevor Lawrence, uh, who have scored fewer than 20 points in nine games this season. Shout out to Hyperdrive, Adam Gase, uh, traveling out west to take on the 9-4 Rams, who to me are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. To me are you know the, my second favorite pick to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. I go Packers 1, Rams 2 at this point. Really great team against a really bad team, and the line reflects that. Teddy, it is 17 and a half points that the Rams are favored over the Jets. Where are you going here? Listen, man, just like what you just said, this this game is a coaching masterpiece <laughs> in the most disgusting way. Yep. Because, it, like, I am so, I'm honestly excited to watch it. I, you know how like people say that when they look at like a car crash or like something yeah. like a burning building, it's you like oh I can't away. look away. Like that's what it's like watching the Jets for me. And when when I think about both of these teams individually and the types of offenses they run, it just could not be farther apart from each other. Like the Rams, mm -hmm. every single play is deliberate. Every play has two or three variations that they plan on running later in the game if they think they're there. Um, like the pre-snap motions, the way that they get the ball to their playmakers. It's just like this Rams offense is is built by Sean McVay, who has continued to just be this like great mastermind coach. And I love, love, love watching the way that, that his offenses have run. Mm -hmm. It's why I'm excited to watch the Rams every week. Flip over to the Jets. The Jets have absolutely no game plan. Their game plan is... We're going to run some inside zone plays, and we're going to run some passing plays that are horrible, and we're going to be the worst. And and what I think is hilarious is the Jets this past two seasons, consistently their offense has been bad. That's been their weakest point. 
sometimes the defense will show life. I mean, you look at this Jets team, their turnover margin isn't terrible. Um, like, the defense makes plays, but then it doesn't matter. If the defense gets a pick, it's, oh, we're just delaying them to score until the next drive. It's, it's just it's unbelievable how bad this Jets team is. And again, you take away Greg Williams, who I think was truly that one guy I mean, who, I, I don't really know a lot about what the players think of him this year, but last year, I mean, Greg Williams was the one piece that was holding this team together. Mm-hmm. And then you also go to the point where Jordan Jenkins and Harvin La- Harvey Lange, who have been two just like studs in this in this Jets front seven for as much studs as you can be on the Jets, but they've been two of the only bright spots. Mm-hmm. They're both on the IR this week. Oh um, shit! And, and they're basically they're basically done. They're, they are done for the season because it's a three game IR at least. Mm-hmm. So so the Jets are committed to this tank, and and I think we really just have to to wait out these last three games and just watch the the horrible the horrible things that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't see the Jets scoring more than ten points. I think this is an easy Rams cover. Um, but but I appreciate the, the, this uh, this platform of this podcast where I get to complain about the Jets once a week. I do love that. Yeah, so, I'm I'm glad we gave you some time to vent about them and, and throughout the weeks. It's it's been um, God, it's it's been awful. It's been really bad. And and yeah. we're only we're only three games away. But also, I'm still putting out there, Ted. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick threw that Week 17 game. I'm just Dude. like, I keep thinking about it. Dude, and I do too, but what's so annoying is at the end of the day, it's like if, if they go out there and lose to the Patriots, it's going to be the same old, like, Bill Belichick always has the Jets number, like he loves to embarrass them, blah, blah, blah. And then if they go out there and beat the Patriots, it's going to be like, oh, Bill Belichick threw this game, yeah. he's so smart. It's like, God, <laughs> I just... I'm a Seahawks fan, dude. Yeah, I think you need to be. You definitely, you definitely are this season at the very least. Um, as for the game, I don't need to say anything. Minus 17 and a half, lock it in. I, I could see this game being, uh, you know, at, at least by three touchdowns at, at the very least. And like you said, if New York scores, scores over 10 points, I'd take that as the victory because Aaron Donald is going to be breathing down Sam's neck, especially, especially after Sam in the middle of the week was like, yeah, it'll be fun to face him. I'm like, no, it won't. That's the last thing it'll be for you. It will not be fun I at feel all. So sad for Sam Darnold. Like okay, like, so so sad. I've been I, I I don't watch a lot of the Jets' full games. You know, like I'll catch stuff here and there. But I've been here in the last six weeks. I've seen a lot of people just talking about how, you know, it, it's it's not his fault completely, but that he hasn't shown much development uh, over the no, last few yeah, years. Well, and and. and that's the problem is I truly blame it all yeah. on the coaching and the roster management and, and things like that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like it's tough when you, you watch a couple games with Flacco and the team shows some life and then Sam Donald comes back in and it's just like same old, same old. And it's just not going to work for him here. You know, and no. I, I truly I hope that this end of the season doesn't doesn't ruin him for, for his future in this league. And he's still a young kid. He's only 23. Um, but but he has he like like completely unbiased. He has looked terrible. He misses throws. He throws just ugly, ugly. He had two drop picks last week that were that were directly to the defenders. One of them was Jamal Adams. Like yeah, oh so, yeah, I, I did see that play, and Jamal was so yeah, sad that he, he didn't get and, it. And he'll still make he'll still make some throws that that make you say like where is like do that more. But right. like he also he makes some questionable questionable decisions. To me, I, I, I think he just. Yeah. He hasn't had anyone who, 
who's smart enough to work with him, you know? Right. To me, he benefits from going somewhere where he can sit behind an old quarterback and maybe a, a good offensive system, a good offensive-minded head coach and really work with him on things, you know, yeah. um, if, if he wanted to go. You know, Pittsburgh, I, I say, as, as a fun opportunity to sit behind Big Ben, reunite him with Juju, um, and maybe learn just, I guess, a lot about, um, you know, certain things. And I, I don't know if there's a guy that will necessarily in that office that'll elevate him, but it would be a good situation to be in. Fucking, I mean, Tampa sitting behind Bruce and Brady wouldn't be that bad. India's another situation if you wanted to sit behind Frank Reich. I mean, shit, send him to New Orleans with Sean Payton. There are a lot of opportunities where guys could really try and fix him and try and get some of what, you know, he flashed at USC. But I don't think anybody should say, okay, we're going to invest in Sam Darwin. We're going to have him compete for the quarterback job in his first offseason. I think he needs to really just sit back, fix some things, get his head right, and then maybe 2022 come back and try and be a starter again. Yeah. All right, so let's move along now. We actually got really uh, we got a fun matchup on Thursday Night Football between two uh, former Oregon Ducks. You know, obviously with Derek Carr going down and Marcus Mariota stepping in, it was him versus Herbert. We actually get a battle of uh, two former Oklahoma quarterbacks this Sunday. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 4-8-1, traveling to take on Kyler Murray and the 7-6 Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Ted, it was a bad early slate for us, and then both of us were on the Saints while our two other friends, Scott and Mike, were on the uh, Eagles. They ended up being right in that one, so it made it made Sunday even more frustrating to lose that game. Um, and now we've got the Eagles traveling to take on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are six and a half point favorites at home. Uh, where do you go with it? Yeah, man. Um, I I am conflicted for sure here. Yeah. Um, and, and I was talking, I was telling you a little bit before we started recording. Um, I think that everyone's kind of going to buy into Jalen Hurts after. Mm-hmm. after what he did last week and, and I'm definitely scared to do that just because of course like a team they start to have film on the guy they kind of know what what they're gonna, their plan of attack um, with Hertz is gonna be but so so it's just hard for me to kind of buy in on him having like another like pretty good game um, in, his, in his first start mm-hmm. but at the same time I just this Cardinals defense just doesn't give me a lot of confidence and, and doesn't show a lot of discipline to me um, and I I do think that Jalen Hurts is going to be able to to run around and at least make some plays. Um, I think the Cardinals probably end up winning this game, but but I think six and a half is just a little too much. I think it's going to be more of a three or four point win. Um, so so I'm going to bet on the Eagles here for what may be the first time all all season, or at really? least since like week two or three. Wow. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be like a four point game. I think that the Cardinals defense. Is, is weak enough that, that the Eagles be able to make some plays. As much as it scares me, I'm going to take it. Right, yeah, my thing is, Jalen Hurts wasn't that great against the Saints. They just uh, they were able to, to will out a win against a Saints team that might have just been destined to lose. They were the, one of the you know longest win streaks in the NFL at that point. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't expect Hurts to be amazing, but his opponent is less talented. You know, the Cardinals' defense is significantly worse than the Saints' defense. Um, now he's got that first game under, so he might have some, you know, more confidence when he steps out there next uh, in a couple of days. Um, I'm with you. I still think the Cardinals will end up winning this game, but I think it'll be closer than a touchdown. So for that, I'm going to take the Eagles plus six and a half. Um, frustrating game. One last thing I want to talk about. I was all over the Giants last week. I uh, thought they would beat Arizona. Main reason being 
that I thought Kyler was still hurt and wasn't going to be able to run the ball. And what do you know? He ran 10 or more times against the Giants, and that ended up, you know, some of those big runs ended up being the difference makers in these long drives that ended up being scores. Um, so that, and then also Daniel Jones looking awful, um, ended up screwing me over. But it looks like Kyler is back for the most part. He was running it around. When he runs 10 or more times their record, uh, I forget what it is, but it's very good. Um, another thing to consider, though, too, Doug Peterson... I think his his record is what eleven and one, eleven and two without 11 Carson. And two. Eleven and two without Carson Wentz, and to me, what that screams is he only. We get the best of Doug Peterson when his back is pushed up against the wall, and I, and not to say that it wasn't with Carson Wentz this week, but we or the you know this season, but we didn't see him really change much to the offense. It was the same thing with Wentz out there as the starter. Now Doug has been able to get a bit, a little more creative, I guess, or change things up. It's forced him to reevaluate his offense, and it didn't look great, but it was still pretty good. And they they ran Jalen Hurts a decent amount. He had over a hundred yards. So um, I'm just gonna say it's gonna be a close game. Um, it, it's kind of what I say with the Bears and the Vikings. I think it's just it's going. It's not gonna be a blowout one way or the other. So I'm just gonna take the team that's getting the points here. Uh, Eagles plus six and a half. I like that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, so let's move on now to, I guess, the game of the week. Uh, let me just take a look through. Yeah, it's got to be the game of the week. I mean, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs sitting at 12-1, and best team in football. They're taking on the 10-3 and New Orleans Saints, who we just got news before this show started that Drew Brees will be active and starting at quarterback for the Saints after, uh, I believe, a four-game absence uh, due to some rib and shoulder injuries. Uh, Kansas City has won 10 straight road games, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. Um, really fun matchup. I believe this is the third highest win percentage between both teams to ever face each other in weeks 14 or later. Really weird stat, but uh, just, I, I guess, one to throw out there. I'm taking a look right now to see what the line is uh, currently since they've announced that Drew Brees will be playing, just to see if there's been any movement. Um, it's gone down to two and a half, but we locked it in at three. Uh, Chiefs minus three over the Saints. Teddy, uh, did Drew Brees being active switch your mind enough, or, or how do you see this game playing out? You, you know, it, it definitely does. Um, it scares me a little bit, like maybe 5%. Yeah. Um, just because, of course, the offense will probably just look um, more in sync, more, more what they're used to doing. Um, being able to get the ball into Alvin Kamara's hands and into Michael Thomas's hands, while also having that that just a better quarterback back there, able to able to make some throws. Um, but to me, this this just I know the Saints have been like the hot team that everyone's that everyone's like loving all year, but yeah. but I just I, I still don't think they're really hanging around with the Chiefs. No, um, I, I think the Chiefs' offense is just too good to to. Regardless of the Saints' defense, the Chiefs' offense is going to put up points, and the Chiefs have a pretty good defense too. And I don't think the Saints are going to be able to match them. So this one's pretty easy for me um, with the Chiefs and Mahomes, and especially uh, Mahomes on the road is like unbelievable. So yeah, I'm just going to keep riding that. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that this line was at three. I, I really do. Just taking a look because it, it was at three when it was expected that Taysom Hill was going to be playing. Like I would have thought it would have been in that six or seven range. So getting them at three, I you know me, I'm I'm technically a Saints hater, I guess, um, and, and I'm I'm gonna take the the Chiefs minus three here. I just I don't see a way that New Orleans wins this game. Um, I think that their defense has gotten some lucky breaks throughout the season, and it might not be as great as everybody thinks it is. 
And then offensively, look, I, look, Drew wasn't fantastic when he was playing. He's definitely an upgrade over Taysom, but it wasn't like he was having this amazing season. I think that the Chiefs are just are far and away the better team. And I, I, I hope that when this game ends, we can have the general public lower their expectations on the Saints because I keep hearing stuff about New Orleans and, and Super Bowl contenders. I've never believed it. I haven't believed it the last four years when everybody has said it. Nothing is really impressive to me about this team either than they just – you know, they, they dink and dunk their way down the field all the time, and they end up scoring a lot of points. So um, I just don't buy them. I love the Chiefs. So here minus three, I, th- I think, is a really good line to get them at. Yeah, and what I think is interesting, I mean, you called yourself a, a Saints hater, so to speak. Yeah. I think I'm more of like a Saints guy. Like, I really like the Saints. Yeah. And, and I even really like Taysom Hill. But in agreement with you, at no point in this season have I really thought that the Saints are, are like a true Super Bowl contender. I yeah. mean, give them all the credit in the world for what they're doing, but I, I, I don't see them I don't I don't see them uh, winning the Super Bowl beating the Chiefs and I, I don't even really see them making it making it to the Super Bowl. I think they'll I think they'll fall to one of these other some of these other good teams that they're gonna have to place face in the playoffs. So so yeah, I mean even even from a guy who constantly rides the Saints. I don't think they're where the kind of the public perception of them is. So the Saints have been in the regular season one of the most consistent teams of this last decade. And going back to I believe 2010, they have three playoff wins. So it's like cool, man. Win 13 games a season or win 12 games in the regular season. You don't show me anything in the playoffs. I'm not going to buy into you 10 years later. So yeah. um, I'm with you on Chiefs minus three. Uh, we've got two games left. A uh, really interesting Sunday night football game, just when you take a look at, you know, historically over the last five years, if you would have said week 15 of the NFL, we're in week 15, right? Yeah, week 15 of the NFL yeah. season, we're going to get the Browns and the Giants on Sunday night football. But here we are because the Browns are 9-4. and four. Uh, Looked really good against Baltimore, just didn't end up with the win. Um, they are traveling to take on the New York Giants, sitting at 5-8, and eight, still on the hunt for that uh, NFC East title, especially if Washington can slip up earlier in the day. A uh, lot of fun storylines in this game, obviously. If Odell was healthy, it would have been great to see him go against the Giants, his former team. But on the Giants side of things, they have two guys in there that are uh, really excited for this opportunity to play against Cleveland. Uh, none other than uh, former Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens, who is now going to be the, he's going to fill the role as the play caller for the Giants as Jason Garrett has tested positive for COVID-19. So we get a Freddie Kitchens revenge game in here. Um, obviously... We get a, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, safety, safety. Jabril Peppers, who used to play for the Browns. He gets to go oh, up yeah, against yeah, his yeah. former team. So these teams are have been pretty intertwined the last few years uh, when you take a look at just who's on the staffs and who's playing on each each uh, roster. Fun stat here, Baker Mayfield is 7-1 and one versus non-divisional opponents this season, something to consider. Um, the Browns are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Teddy, break this one down. Yeah, dude, this one is tough for me yeah. because the Browns, I mean, the Browns are good, right? Like, we have to we have to give them that at least. Like, they're a good team. But they also, I still don't think, are, like, there yet completely. Um, I mean, and you look at their schedule, and they haven't really played the best teams um, in the league. At just looking at it at a glance, I would say they probably have one of the easier schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Giants. I mean, the Giants were, were rolling, and they were they were playing a lot better than, than a lot of people thought they were gonna. And then, of course, last week, Daniel Jones comes back, and they kind of blow it against the Cardinals. Which, which I mean, do you have any take on on Daniel Jones and, and what he like? Do you 
see Daniel Jones improving this offense? Uh, no. No, yeah. I don't. I don't. I honestly am kind of less confident because I think that he he's just so prone to turnovers. And, and it just, it, like, he loves to fumble the football. He really does. Yeah. Um, and, and we have this game at, at Browns minus four and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm looking right now, and, and Browns have moved to minus six and a half, so it looks Jeez. like a lot of people are on the Browns here. Wow. Um, and I mean, what, with what they did with, with that game against the Ravens, I just, I don't know, dude, this is a tough one, but, but I do think, I, I do think that, that Baker Mayfield is going to be the type of guy who's, who's going to take this game personally, um, and, and we'll, we'll try to show it as best he can. So give me the Browns here. I just, I, I, I would pick the Giants. I like what they're doing, but I just can't, I have no trust in that offense. I can't see them scoring, and this Browns offense has been scoring in, in bunches, so, so yeah. give me the Browns minus four and a half. Um, it should be an easier pick than that, but, right. but it should be. Giants have just been that, that frisky, sneaky team, you know, that, that yeah. it's, it's nice to get them plus points, but but I just I, I can't see them getting it done this week. You know, it should be an easy one to pick. My, my thing that, you know, just thinking another thing with Daniel Jones, back to what we were talking about, he had a month where he looked really um, average. And average is a good thing for him to look very average. And what I mean by that, he had a, a month stretch where he wasn't turning the ball over. Um, and then he gets hurt. And this was his first game back. And it was clear he is still not healthy. Um, and Ted, I, I'm not sure I may have missed you talk about his availability and whatnot. I'm at a sense where I might even want to see Colt McCoy in playing quarterback for this team. And I think just maybe gives him the better shot, especially if Danny Dimes is playing hurt, because a thing that he provides is the ability to run, which is a very underrated aspect of his game, uh, but something he can't do if he's banged up. So, you know, I, oh, it's such a tough game to pick, uh, but I am going to take the Giants plus four and a half here. Uh, I think the Browns will win this game, but I think it'll be more by a field goal. I think it's going to be an ugly game. You know, the Giants' defense is no joke. Um, you know, in terms of talent, maybe they don't have the names that pop up, but they have been one of the more impressive teams defensively this season, especially over the last six to seven weeks. Um, I thought that they did a, a decent job. You know, for all things considered, you know, the, the Giants last week had turnovers on special teams, turnovers on offense. Uh, the Cardinals basically started every drive on the Giants' side of the field. And I know they ended up losing that game and they scored 20 or 20 plus points. But I do give the Giants' defense a lot of credit for how they held up uh, specifically last week. So I'm just going to take the Giants here. I think it'll be an ugly, low-scoring game uh, where I think that the, the Browns will try and get things going on the ground, but it might not go as well as they want. Um, another thing to consider, it's, it is such a tough game because James Bradbury, their star cornerback, isn't going to be playing for the Giants. But also the Browns' pass attack... You know, if I would have said it would have been a huge thing if like Odell was on this team, and, and it was like, oh, now Odell's going to have an easy, the easiest matchup of all time. Uh, but I don't think it'll be that big of a difference maker. I'm just going to take an ugly close game on Sunday Night Football because I think both of these teams will try and play it very conservatively. Oh yeah, man, I hate it though. I hate it though, and I don't like. I don't love it at all. I, I definitely do love plus six and a half though. I, I definitely would want to take that. Um, all right, let's finish things off. Uh, Monday night football, not a fun one. The 11-2 Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the 2-10-1 Cincinnati Bengals who got destroyed by the Cowboys last week. Pittsburgh has won 10 straight games versus Cincinnati. The spread is 12.5. Teddy, is this a get-right game for the Steelers? Yeah, I, the Bengals are just kind of dead in the water. I think this game is going to be like 
30 to 0. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so I'm taking the Steelers. Yep, same here. Not much to talk about with that one. Very bad team yep. versus a very good team. All right, Ted. Yeah, so, and I yep. just want to say now that, we're, now that we're at the end of our, our slate here, I think this is the best I've felt about, about a slate since. I don't even know, in, in at least like three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that, that means good things for me coming up. I'm, I'm, trying, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really trying to fight back to 500 before the season's up. Right, and um, we, we do agree on a lot here as well too, especially when we get into the late yeah. afternoon slate. I mean, we've agreed on every pick except for the Giants-Browns uh, ever since uh, the, we were both on the 49ers down. So we do agree a lot on some. Um, yeah, it, it's, been a, it's a lot easier this week when the spreads are a little bit closer you know last week we had a lot of spreads in the 8 to you know 15 range so it was a lot it was a tough week to pick and obviously it didn't go the way that we both wanted to um but yeah so ted give me your three best bets here we've talked through all the games now what do you feel the most confident about as we head into a a weekend of football yeah man um i'm gonna go with the chiefs i really i I just think that's a miss by vegas even with your breeze i think it should be more of a more higher spread um what else? I didn't pick them out, but but there's definitely some games I like. So if you just give me a sec here. Yeah. Um. Let's go with the the Colts minus seven. Like you said, I just like having having them have that close game. Um. Two weeks ago against the Texans, I really do just think they're going to come out and, and try to dominate them and embarrass them. Mm-hmm. Um. And then give me the Seahawks. I really nice. I really don't. I I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be the end of the. Uh, the Washington football team, and, and I think the Seahawks are really going to start rolling going into the playoffs. Yeah, as we're talking through these with your best bets, too, there's a lot that I like this week, a lot that I feel very confident on. You know, Me the, too. The Seahawks I don't have as a best bet, but if I had four or five best bets, I'd include them in there. Same with the Bucks minus six. That's another one that I'm like, I feel pretty confident about. Uh, but, yep. my, but my three best bets, I'm with you on the Chiefs minus three. I just, like you said, I think it's a miss by Vegas. They're due for one of those uh, every week, at least one game where it's just like, oh, they were completely off on this one. Um, I'm going to be on the 49ers minus three. I know it's betting on a bad team, but I think the coaching mismatch uh, between Kyle Shanahan and Mike McCarthy is so massive. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Where it's just like, I'm just going to take the better coach, the better roster. I think that the the offensive scheme will just tear apart Dallas's defense. And then my third, because I didn't want to do three favorites. I wanted to take one underdog this week. I'm going to take the Bears plus three and a half as a best bet. I really think that at the What's very crazy least, is I almost did that. I just think at the very least it'll be a close game, and if not, the Bears will win it. Like I could, if you were telling me one of these teams is going to blow out the other, I would say that the Bears would blow out the Vikings. But I do think that it'll be close, and I, I just, I, I really, when we talked it through, it made a lot of sense for us to ride the Bears this week. Yeah. 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 Well. All right, man. That sounds terrible, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, that'll wrap it up for this week, Ted. Obviously, you know, hopefully we both do well here and uh, and carry this along and get you above 500, like you said, and continue my uh, my my season that I've been having. Anything else you want to say before we get going? Nah, man. Just Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's have a good week. Yeah, we'll have to figure out what we're gonna do over the next two weeks. Obviously, with Christmas and New Year's falling on a Friday, maybe we'll just uh, maybe we'll just put out you know, the, the graphics or we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do over yeah. the next few weeks. But at the very least, we'll be, we'll be putting out our picks somewhere for the rest of the regular season and, and carry things on through. So always appreciate having me on and, uh, and we'll talk soon. All right, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate right. you. Thanks. Have a good one. See you.